Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Beloved, internationally acclaimed podcast, In Bed with Nick and Megan, starring the preposterously glamorous Nick Offerman. Good afternoon. And featuring <laughs> Megan Mullally with special guests, <laughs> Nick, dun, 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 dun. Jenna Fisher, Yay! known of stage and screen, but mainly of The Office. Played Aww. a character named Pam. I did. And You, Me, and the Apocalypse, which mm -hmm. you guys will get to that. And the illustrious Angela Kinsey. Woo! Thank you. Thank Woo! you. Thank you. You got my note of how to introduce me, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks so much. Also, primarily known from The Office, mm -hmm. and then beloved from everything else, too. Thank you. Just like us. Yeah. Can I ask a quick tangential question, since we introduced you? So, um, because you guys were on The American Office, Yeah. I have the good fortune of having a lot of fans approach and say, hey, I like you on that show. But because of the, from the office, uh, sort of the next generation came Parks and Recreation and also Community, mm -hmm. which was concurrent. It was unattached, but it was also another weird municipal generic name. Mm -hmm. So the whole time people have said to me, they would often say, I love you on Community, or I love you on The Office, mm -hmm. perhaps more than Parks and Recreation. <laughs> Did you guys eventually suffer from that, or because you were original gangsters, everyone knows your show? I only get The Office. That's it. Well, I will say in the very beginning, like no one watched our show, right? Like nobody. And so we would go places. I remember we went to like... What, well, the, we went to the Ivy. The Ivy. We were very excited. And we went and it was Phyllis and Jenna and myself. And we were going to... And Kate. And we're, Kate. We we're going to have an office ladies lunch. At the know? Ivy. Because that's where you go. That's where you go when yeah. you're an important actor. When you get a job. Right? That's, <laughs> okay, what, yeah. that's what we thought. I mean, <clears throat> that's the spot. Yeah. yeah. And, and we Because we saw that in a movie. We saw it in a movie. And we even brought a little cake. And then they wouldn't let us open it. Up. They're like, you can't bring your crap oh, in here. Food? We're like, what? <laughs> it's our we, celebration we cake. Dessert. Yeah, it's an office, office ladies. ladies. We were so excited. <laughs> but as we were leaving, there was like some paparazzi and they were taking pictures of Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander and then Constantine Margolis. Margolis. He was a runner-up on American Idol. He didn't win. I remember Constantine. Yeah. Not even a runner-up. With the curly hair. Yeah. Yes. First season. He was yeah. like kind of sassy, oh, he's, sexy. he's the one that went to Broadway and took over the heavy, the classic rock musical. Yes. Oh, yes. But that's everybody right. was taking his picture and Jason Alexander's. And I said to the guy, you know, this is Jenna Fisher from The Office. Like, and that, like I thought I was being she funny. She was being my public. I thought I was being funny. And he was like, he said, what? What office do you work for? Did famous people come in, right? And, yeah, well, he said, what office? And you said, NBC's. The office. The office. And he goes, oh, can I give you my card? Like, if you know when people are going to be places. Yeah. 
Will you let me know? And any any actors on any of your shows? Yeah. And she's like, she's the actor yeah. on the Wait. show yeah. called in the office. And then he sprints it still, off. He was still like, I'm yeah. not, I'm not understanding yeah, you. Okay. I Wait, need to go. What was it, the Mater D? No, it no, was the it was paparazzi. Like, was like paparazzi. Oh, she was trying to get me. We were waiting for our car at ballet, and he just kept taking pictures of Constantine. And I was like, you know, guys, over oh here. I, I love that you went up to a paparazzi to try to get your picture. Well, I can't I get my picture taken by paparazzi. No. I was yeah. in a car accident with the paparazzi. And no one took your picture. And we had to exchange information. They were chasing Christina Ricci. Oh, oh yeah. God. And there, nothing from them. Well, nothing. I've walked behind very, like, mm -hmm. famous people into events well, and things. We're and they just the, the same boat then. I don't, don't care what about any of us. Listen, I'm grateful. I don't mind it. Yeah. But I just oh, think yeah. it's funny. No. It is I, funny. Just if anyone has a paparazzi problem, <laughs> they should hang out with me because then they, we, they go away. Go and away. sometimes we think together, oh, we're a bigger get together, right? Right. No, no. We've been to like farmer's markets. They just like walk by. It would be a nightmare to have the paparazzi actually after you. Yes. You know? Oh, for sure. But yeah, people, sure. not only did they not know the name of our show, they didn't know we were on it. So we didn't really get anything for a long time. For a very long time. Wow. I'm no. surprised. How long? Two seasons? Three seasons? Oh, I would gosh. say it was a good two or three seasons. Yeah. But I, I will say within like the Los Angeles community and the industry, the show was very well known. So I mm -hmm. felt like we had a lot of kind of street cred. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, cachet. Some cachet. cachet, but it didn't translate to like the bigger world, bigger world for a long time. My so, mom still calls it office. She's like, I just love office. I'm <laughs> really on board me. now. You're kidding. She doesn't say she doesn't say the in front of anything. So she'll say to people, my daughter's on office. And they're like, Come on. what? <laughs> I'm like, mom, it's the office. They know what I mean. No. <laughs> like, yeah. That's so crazy. No. Well, my, this isn't even remotely as good as that, but my mom used to during Seinfeld, she used to call it Steinfeld. Oh, okay. <laughs> Coming around to that Steinfeld. I love that. I mean, oh. that's not the show. I wasn't on, I mean, I did an episode. I wasn't on that show, so it's not nearly as good as not getting the name of your show right. No. And my cousin would say, are you on your hyenas? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. I'm basically always on my hyenas. My hyenas is a real nice part of my year. My dad <laughs> wears on purpose, like I know he does it on purpose, he'll wear a Dunder Mifflin polo shirt or a Dunder Mifflin hat to mm. walk the dog mm. and just kind of wait for people to ask him about it so he can tell them that his daughter was on the show but he and wouldn't, they get he, all excited. But he wouldn't, your dad is so sweet. Like he wouldn't offer that. But if they asked him, right. if they ask him, where'd you yeah. get that shirt? He'd say, well, I, my daughter is like, he's so proud. He's yeah. proud. It's really sweet. You know what my mom told me? She said, you know, Jenna, your dad has a I guess, I don't know if it's a still a VHS tape or a DVD where he has created a compilation of every one of your talk show appearances. Oh, Sometimes he it. just sits down and watches it. He's so proud of oh, you. Tears, so tears. Sweet. I cried, I cried. Yeah, that, that is, is so, so sweet. sweet. So nice. And as I'm sure he's memorized every story I've ever told on anything. Yeah. They're so, so proud. Sweet. It's really sweet. Do you ever talk about them? On, on talk shows? I did, I, I talked about my dad a lot on Jay Leno and Jay was really tickled about that. I'm trying to remember how it came about, but I told some story about I got, I went on a talk show and I talked about a Roomba, you know, those 
vacuum cleaners <laughs> that clean your floor and how I really thought they were cool. I really did. And then Roomba sent me a Roomba and I just couldn't believe it. Like, oh my gosh, what? I just got a free Roomba. <laughs> so I went back on Jay Leno's show and I told the story of how I got this free Roomba. And my dad said, if next time I go on a show, I should please talk about how all I've ever wanted was a Chris Craft 45 inch speedboat. <laughs> that I could ride around at Lake of the Ozarks at my dad's lake house. Well, Chris Craft called what? after that appearance. Oh, and, you're kidding. Yeah, and the, the Tonight Show said, I'm so sorry, we cannot give your dad a free boat. We're just oh. like not in the business of well, adverts. They, really they were boat? gonna give him a boat. Stop it. Oh my God. I swear, but then um, they kind of put the kibosh on oh, it, no. which I get, like they can't have everyone, they can't right. be a yeah. television yeah. commercial right. for Chris Craft all of a sudden. Right. But they did send my dad then a box of just Chris Craft swag, like a shirt and a hat. And I tell you, he was just as excited. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. He was a little bit sad about the boat, but that became like a run. <laughs> Jay always yeah. asked about my dad then. And then when my dad retired, um, Jay sent him a video message. Oh my Aww. God, that's so nice. Yeah, I know. So I, I reached out and I told him and then my dad was really loved that. Does your dad bring that up at Christmas? Like he opens a gift from you and says, well, it's no Chris Craft, but, <laughs> but this looks like a really good book. Thank you, dear. I love it. My stories are only linked in the broadest terms, but I, I went on uh, Leno during well, the first time around of Will and Grace and uh, I, talk, I was telling a story about my mom and I said that she was 85 years old and all of her friends thought she was 70. <gasps> oh no. Oh, no. So she, she never really forgave me for that. <laughs> Yeah. She never uh, told anybody how old she was, and she just seemed a lot younger. So oh, I yeah. got in a lot of trouble. Well, my mom forbid me from talking about her anymore on talk shows because um, I told I would talk a lot about them, and I told a story that my dad was the type of man that he let you know whatever was happening anywhere. Mm -hmm. So like we were in the backyard, and a helicopter flew over. My dad was like, "We got a chopper." <laughs> and my mom goes, probably Brad Pitt and Angelina going somewhere, you know, like kind of snarky, like judging. And I'm like, okay, mom. So I told the story on Letterman and like, so she, after that, she's like, will you stop talking about us on shows? Like she didn't like it. She didn't care for it. Oh my dad my got gosh. such a kick out of it, but my mom was like, will you stop telling stories oh, about no. us? So That's now I like, funny. but it's such good, like they're so like rich yes. for material. That's but, the thing. But I've been, I can't talk about my mom. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, we won't talk about her. No, I can't. I mean, she won't. Our listen. podcast, okay. I'm going to send her. She doesn't let's have Let's just talk about her for the rest of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Bernie Kinsey what of age? Archer City, Texas. Bernie, yeah. Age and weight, please. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? <laughs> she, um, one year I invited them to go to the award show with me. And my mom was like, well, I can't go because, you know, Omar, the tent maker, would have to make my dress. And so she didn't want, like, anyway, that was her joke. <laughs> but this is how my mom talks. You mean, so, you mean Omar, tent maker? Yes. Omar, Omar the no. maker. Yeah. Yes. Omar the maker. But um, she, that's just how she talks. But so I, I took her to the night before party, that, that yeah. fancy party. Mm -hmm. She just went up and talked to everybody. It was amazing. And then I took my dad to the, um, was it the SAG Awards? The SAG Awards. And we sat next to Jenna and Lee, her husband. And 
to, I didn't, I forgot to tell dad about the seat fillers, you know? Ugh. So for people listening, when you get up and go to the bathroom, they send people dressed super fancy to come and take your seat, right? So yeah, we so sort that of know if that. if the cameras come back on, there's not empty, empty yeah. seats. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. people left, celebrities left. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're ditching. <laughs> so, so these two people elaborately, beautifully dressed, sat down in Jenna and Lee's seats because you guys didn't make it back in time. I mean, I goes, we got two hitchhikers over here. <laughs> we got two. They took Jen and Lee's seats. I'm going to say something. I'm like, no, dad, dad, don't. That's their job. And he's like, what? And I go, and I'm trying to whisper. I'm like, that's their job. They take the seats, dad. And he's like, you're kidding me. I said, no, look back there. And you can see in the wings. He's like, you are kidding me. I was like, no, dad, that's a job. But he was ready. He was protected. He was ready to kick them out. So, yeah. that when, so I think that was so sweet. Well, I didn't understand seat fillers the first I time either. I went. No. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Someone came down and sat and I was like, yeah. well, now excuse like, me. That's my husband's seat. It's quite jarring. <laughs> it is jarring. And it really, it doesn't matter if it's your husband's or whoever it is. Like you now have a stranger sitting next to you. That's right. In a ball gown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and then they're, they're like a total stranger, but like something funny will happen on stage and they we all had this moment where we looked to each other to, to like be like that was funny right so I remember like sitting next to the, they were sitting next to my dad and something happened and the guy like laughed and turned to my dad like hey and my dad was like mm -mm, no I don't <laughs> don't know who you are buddy you're not in my community I'm not gonna share it, this laugh with you when that first happened I felt compelled from my midwestern upbringing to introduce myself to the seat filler you know, yeah, where are you from? Oh, nice to have you in the seat. But then they leave so quickly yeah. that then I was like, well, that was a waste of time. Yeah. You didn't get to bond. I didn't. <laughs> I set up that whole relationship for there's, there's 45 no, seconds. We shared no an reciprocation. And, but then, then seven years later, they'll be working as background on something and they'll tell everybody that they worked with Janet Fisher. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes. Well, and it, you sometimes have people like, do you remember we were at the SAG Awards together. And I'm like, I don't remember that. I didn't, you know, I And they're like, wow, wow. Okay, rude. I mean, I gave you an Altoid and okay, thanks. Jenna Fisher, snubs, Altoid. We were talking about that yesterday about how you have certain things that you remember, like for over the course of your life, there's certain memories that you've kept and there's so many things that we forget. But then the thing that freaks me out is when you run into somebody who you haven't seen for a while and they say, or maybe you don't know them very well. And they say, oh my God, I'll never forget that time that you, and they tell this long detailed story about some crazy thing that you did that you didn't completely forgotten, yeah. but they have kept as one of their memories. I just think that's so, it's a little disconcerting. It is, Jenna and I were talking the other day and I was like telling her story and she goes, oh my God, I have no memory of that, like none, even as you're talking about it. Like, remember we were like, you're like, I think I'm worried about my memory. You know, I ran into my ex and when I lived with him, I had my cat, Andy, who was my beloved cat for 17 years. And we were getting in a conversation because we also shared a dog who's elderly now and is probably going to pass soon. And we were telling stories about the dog. And I said, remember, we were so afraid to break up because we thought the dog and cat would miss each other too much. Remember, oh. we stayed together for the dog and cat. And then, by the way, they did just fine. Um, probably happier when they didn't have to deal with each other. And he said, oh, remember that time? And he started telling me, he goes, remember how the dog 
um, how, how your cat used to jump up on the counter and steal food all the time. And I said, oh yeah, yeah, that was funny. He goes, and remember the dog would bark and tell on the cat would tattle. Mm-hmm. And then we would come in and, and he goes, but then do you remember that time that we walked in the kitchen and the cat had thrown a piece of chicken down to the dog and they were in cahoots Ugh. eating it. To, and I said, oh my gosh, I did not remember that. And then I said to him, tell me more stories about my cat that I thought I would never forget. And it just flooded my mind with all of these warm, wonderful stories about Andy, that was, who was so precious your to me. Your criminal cat, yeah. My criminal when cat. When you're doing your podcast about Parks and Rec, you're going episode by episode. Do say that again, but the I mean, office. <laughs> about See? office. See, it all comes you, back. It all comes back. <laughs> you should be thrilled. Um, yeah, we're doing When you're doing, doing a podcast, podcast about office. Oh, party, Kenzie. <laughs> so you're going episode by episode. Um, do you remember most of the same things or do you remember different things? We remember different things. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, and her memories will spark memories for me. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's been so fun about it is yeah. going back and re-watching the show because I haven't watched it in a long time. And, um, you know, with... Netflix coming and this whole new generation of fans, Mm -hmm. people are coming up to us even more now than when we were on the air on NBC. And there's a lot of people who don't know it was ever on NBC. They think it was a Netflix show, your show, The Office on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And and I have to say in rewatching it, I have a level of appreciation that I don't think I had before. Like I always appreciated it, but I'm rewatching it and I, I'm so far away from having made it that now I am in awe of the writing. You're an audience member. I'm an audience member. I get to watch it like an audience member. And it's been so crazy. It's been so Mm -hmm. fun, too, because as this whole like new generation has found it, people come up to us more than ever and they say things that just really wrecks me. Sometimes they'll say, you know, watching The Office is what got me through dialysis or my my son and I have nothing in common, but we speak The Office like we watch The Office together and all these Things like that. So I feel like I watch it now with this appreciation, too, of what it it's, it means to people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you're in it and you're kind of living it, you're like, oh, my God, my call time is 530. And, yeah. you know, I'm going to yeah. probably be in the background for two hours and then I'm going to tell Kevin his breath stinks. And then, you know, like you're yeah. playing out your day. You don't sort of appreciate how it all comes together and how people then take it into their home and their hearts. So it's been really cool. It was yeah. one of our inspirations for wanting to do the podcast, too, was this way of kind of giving back to people because it's really a deeply personal show. So it's a little bit of like our love letter to the fans to Mm -hmm. tell them because they're not making any more. That's right. not a super big news flash. We aren't making any more. We're not doing a revival, unfortunately, like you guys. But um, so it's like, how can you get more out of it? It's mm-hmm. like, well, we'll tell our stories. We'll tell all the behind the scenes stuff. We remember all the trivia. And it's be... where we became best friends. Like oh. we became, Jenna says, I just wouldn't stop talking to her. So I just wore her down. That's sort of your, <laughs> right? You, well, it's kind of true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. she really Same wouldn't. Same with me and Nick. That's how it goes. Yeah. yeah Who would, wouldn't stop I, talking? I would not leave. Stop talking. I, so chatting chatting yeah, I, I think of you as just a chit chatter. I eventually learned to stay outside the bathroom while she was in there. And just talk under the door. <laughs> anyway, Wait, lay on the floor. you should have seen this piece <laughs> so. of white oak, honey. The, the, oh my God, the end grain was just immaculate. How's it going in there? <laughs> Everything all right? 
Hey, you know what? Rain Wilson, when I was over at his house, has a dining table that you made. That was one of the first big yeah. pieces that you guys made at the shop. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, the, the headline here is the generosity of Rain Wilson. He and I had known each other for years. Um, he was one of my first, I'm sure we all made these friends early on in, in Hollywood where you find you get called in for the same weird niche. Mm -hmm. And Rain and I, as you can imagine, were always called in for the weird guy in the basement. <laughs> like, is he, but it was never like the serial killer so much as like, is he a killer or no, he turns out to be sweet in the end. Yeah. Or, or he was coding the computer the whole time. That, <laughs> yeah. That part. We were really obsessed with him on Six Feet Under. Yeah. yeah. So, so he and I had been like audition buddies and then he got Six Feet Under and we flipped out at what a great coup that was for one of the basement guys. And then, um, and then he started working as Dwight Schrute and called me up to order this table in the style of Gustav Stickley uh, in White Oak. And I was just sort of setting up my shop and had made just a few pieces on commission. And one of the hard things about being a handcrafted anything is charging people the incredibly extra price that it costs, especially to maintain Los Angeles overhead and put in hand labor, where like if I'm just paying myself $20 an hour to make this table, it's going to cost four times as much right. as a, a, a crate store or a warehouse store table. And so I gave Rain a price uh, in this sort of insecure phase. And he said, mm, I've been shopping for tables like this. How about double your price? Mm. He came back and I, and I said, I was so moved and, and you've given me such a lesson. Like you've put me up on my feet and made me understand, you know, what my work is worth. Um, so then I tripled the price <laughs> and, uh, and we're still friends. <laughs> he that, has a big heart. That is Rain Wilson in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, I know that his like sort of public persona from the characters he plays is that he's just this sort of curmudgeon. That mm. you, and he is a little bit of a he curmudgeon a as bit. well. Yeah. But he is the person that I call like I've had, I've had a days where I am crying, sobbing over something in my personal life, you know, the death of a family member or someone's been sick. And, um, he is who I call. I can call oh. him gasping for air wow. and he calms me yeah. and he listens and he's, he's like that person. He gives can great advice. You can. Yes. Thanks. We should, yeah. text, we should text him. <laughs> we'll text him a picture of the four of us. He'd love that. Yeah. He, I get like random texts from him that just lift my spirits. Like he'll just text me like, hey, just want you to know I love you. Love you, monkey. Aww. I know. He's good like that. That's so nice. When I was trying to decide if I should move to London and do You, Me, and the Apocalypse, which is the show we worked on, Megan. Yeah. Um, I just wasn't sure if I should uproot my two kids and my husband and go sign up for a show that could potentially go for years in a foreign country. Rain was one of the people I called to talk it out with because I knew that he would ask me the questions that would help me know how to discern if oh, this wow. was the right choice for me. And you had me. just had a baby, so that was a yeah, huge I decision. My... It wasn't, you know, two kids who are, you know, already know how to it's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, my daughter was only seven months old when we did that. She took her first steps in London. Um, she learned to walk there, wow. which is so sweet. She celebrated her first birthday there. But it was um, it was really cool. That was such a great job. I mean, I would work three days and then have two weeks off. 
It was like yes. such the best new mom job. You I have to were say, so good in it. Too. Megan is. So, oh, everybody really listening really, to this needs yeah. to go watch Megan's yeah. performance You're on so this. Good because I think I every day I was like, "You are winning all the awards." It was yes, so great. I felt that it about you. So I was like, "Gosh, she's such a good actress." <laughs> so I love that show. I, I was just yeah, so impressed right? with yeah. your your. You're such. You really are a really good actress. I, I I've worked with very few people like that. You know. That is so nice. Where I get to see, you know, working in a single camera kind of a situation where you really get to see what people can do because it's not easy. It's not easy. Uh, it's easier to do what I was doing, which is a big character role where I had teeth and a wig and a you know. Crazy no, makeup. that takes so much courage. You had this whole like yeah. stealthy way that you walked that I'll yeah. never forget. <laughs> you and I just loved it. Completely different person. Completely like you, different. You like just owned who this woman was. It was really great. Oh, it was great. I, I was, love getting to see people because you know, I think when you watch people, there's sometimes you're like, oh, I can't stop watching this one person. Like just, they're just, they captivate me. And then when you get to, you're like, oh, they're so good. But then you get to see them in a whole new light. Like, I just have loved your work for so long. And then to see you in this whole other way was just like, I was like, oh. And you know in your heart you can, that that person can do it, but then you get to see it and you're like, oh my God. Oh, yes. thank That's you. So I don't get very many chances to do anything other than play, you know, the crazy bitchy woman. So anytime there's anything even remotely different from that, I'm excited. So this show that we're talking about is called You, Me, and the Apocalypse, and it was on Sky. It. it was for Sky. Yeah, it was on Sky TV in in the UK, and then it was on NBC BC. here. Yeah, they bought it. Yeah. But do they even air all the episodes? Oh, I guess they did. They did air all the episodes. Yeah. One of my big reasons for doing that, besides the fact that I got paid to live in London for a period of time, mm -hmm. which your I, fancy London chapter. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. so excited about that. I, exactly. Besides yeah, I that was that I, they told me that um, my character broke out of prison mm -hmm. and I was going to be wearing a prison jumpsuit like a good <laughs> this is very three quarters generous. of the time. And this I was like, very you. okay, I just spent nine years in pantyhose yeah. and a pencil skirt. Yeah. So sign me up for that prison jumpsuit. Yeah. I literally you. can't wait for that. Yeah. And it was fantastic. It was so great. <laughs> Jenna turned to me one day on the side of the office and she was like, where are your pantyhose? And I was like, oh, I don't wear them. And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, they put them in my trailer and I, I don't wear them. I'm not going to wear pantyhose. And I was like, I'm aware of the pantyhose. It was like season seven. She's like, wait, you don't have pantyhose on? I was like, no, I've never worn them. I don't wear them. And whereas I would get a like a run in my pantyhose four times a day. And I'd be like, I, was, I, I wore those pantyhose. And Oscar had his pantyhose joke. He told us every year. It's so inappropriate. He told us it every year. And every year I'd be like, Oscar, you you know, you every time we bring up pantyhose, you tell me this joke. It's a, uh, what does, um. What does a Flatbush and pantyhose have in common? New Jersey. I'm getting it wrong. It's something like that. Oscar needs to come on and tell it to you guys. But Let's it's, call him. Let's yeah. FaceTime him. Anyway, I think I told you the joke before. That I'm not the person with jokes, guys. I'm not, I'm I can never right. remember jokes. So. I can work out that joke from you, the ingredients you yeah. provided. Flatbush, Flatbush and New Jersey. Pantyhose yeah. and New Jersey. There's the joke, yeah. right? You yeah. got it. We thought it would be interesting to discuss some of our jobs that we had before we were actors that oh, impacted our life. I was just thinking that like, influenced that our we life. didn't pick an actual pick, we topic. Our topic. So that was our topic it was, It's just been flowing really well, so we didn't really need one, but let's do Bef that now. Since before, we're a little on the topic of jobs. dive yeah. in, I just don't want to miss mentioning 
that we are all wearing pajamas. Oh yeah, we're all wearing pajamas. Which is not always the case on this podcast. Yeah, that's right. But we showed up in pajamas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jenna and I showed up to your house in pajamas. Thank you for taking this seriously. Yeah. I'm looking for any job opportunities that happen in my pajamas or prison jumpsuit. Any jobs that involve me wearing things like that. Mm -hmm. Podcasting is Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. I know, I think a lot of actors like the sort of hair, makeup, wardrobe element. Oh, I can't stand it. Their job. People have a princess complex. People that love to get dressed up for award shows. No. Not not for me. Not for me. You know what? I actually, I do like the part where. They do your hair and they do your makeup and you put on the dress and you have like, you get to borrow all the jewelry, but then I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. I just like, <laughs> take, by take that time I'm yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Like I, I used up all of my energy just getting ready. And so yeah, if I could, if I could just wear my pajamas, then I feel like I could really enjoy the event yeah. because I, all my energy would be saved for the event. I yeah. just, I. I don't know. The older I get, the more I just want to stay home all the time. Just never want to leave my house. Pantyhose is what takes the most time. Don't in get me Will started. And Grace. It takes it takes me like ten minutes, a solid ten, <laughs> to get them on. Because yeah. you know they've got a control top, so you have yep. to wedge, wedge yourself in. Yes, I hate them. I won't do it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, guys. I just want a job like this where we sit in your bed all this the time. Is great. So we'll I just in pajamas. We'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. I. Would love that. We're like, and Jenna and Angela are back They're again. We're really regretting giving you our address. Yeah. <laughs> we, would, we would actually love that. And we're not kidding. Um, so what other jobs did you have before this, right? That you're going to talk about I had crazy jobs or pre, good jobs? Pre-big break. I had tons of jobs. And I feel like the ones that influenced me the most were my job in fast food. Mm. I worked at a Long John Silver's. What? At the register, Long John Silver's. And let me tell you, a Long John Silver's during Lent is no joke. Okay. Line out the door, you know, because the Catholics only eat fish on Fridays during Lent. So St. Louis, Missouri, Catholic City, Friday during Lent, Long John Silver's. You were busy. Busy. You have to get those hush puppies out of the fryer. And yeah. So now here was the thing. If you worked the register, you made a certain rate. But if you worked the kitchen, you made $2 more an hour. So I asked if I could train in the kitchen. And the guy said, no, we really like the young ladies to oh. be in the front. <laughs> and I was like, well, let me tell you a few things. And I was like, have you heard the word lawsuit? Because um, I feel like what you just said to me is prime material for such. How old were you? I was 16. Oh, my God. Wow. And so. Was there some sort of offensive, like, sailor outfit? <laughs> that I had to wear in the front? In Long John Silver's? It's a boost No. Like, yes. with a hat. <laughs> and a parrot. No, but I parrot. was just like, I don't, I just want $2 more an hour. Sure. I want to be in the back. I want to make the um, coleslaw and you make it in a giant, in a trash can. You make it in a literal like, trash can. Sorry, Long John Silver. This is Silver. brought to you by Long John A clean trash can. A very clean, but you know, like it's like a so big I, bucket. You could a put a trash bag in podcast, it. Sure. Long John <laughs> I make my goulash in we a small trash canceled. can. Do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're canceled. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> um, but also it was way better because if you worked the kitchen, you got there two hours before any people came at all and you prepped all the food, like you did food prep 
and then you would run the fryer. But I got burned a ton. I still have scars on my wrists from the fryer, from Again, the oil from the fryer. Brought to you by Long John Silver. Wow. And it was so, I would smell I when I got done with work. I thought those hush puppies tasted of human flesh slicing. <laughs> Yeah. I don't work there anymore. You can get a perfect. That perfectly. is an amazing job. But it really <laughs> gave so me nice. a lot of appreciation for. You know, I like how, Norma Ray, you can go because you did that on You, Me, and the Apocalypse. We did have a few issues, if you remember. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and um, particularly things like toward the end, we had, uh, they, and the, the British actors, it was mostly British actors on the show. We were basically the it was kind of the you, only American, Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe. Yeah, we, we never worked with. with him. Right. So uh, they had told us that when we got to the end, we were doing more kind of stunt things. I remember that they didn't really in the UK, they don't have a lot of regulations. They just send you in. Like they asked me one day in a, they were in a lather, they were in a big rush. And they asked me if I could drive the van, which was on the steering wheel was on the right side of the mm -hmm. car, which I've never- With other driven. actors in it. With, I think it was six or seven other actors in the van, like leads, <laughs> down a road where explosives were going off oh on all goodness. sides of this the van. This is a true story. And they hadn't even tested it yet. They wanted me to just get in the van and drive it really fast through explosives. And I said, I can't do that. <laughs> and they were extremely miffed. But then we had a big wind machine. We were supposed to get out of the van. We had this big wind machine and everybody had like shards of rock in, in our their eyes. eyes. And dust. And People we could see almost were blinded and they crying. were like, well, we got to get another shot in. And so it, and we were like, we, we said, do you have the thing where you rinse your eyes out? The eye rinse thing, you know, like, the med kit we don't have for that. when your corneas are being scratched. They weren't concerned about our corneas. And so, but Jenna was really good about, you know, laying down the law that this wasn't going to fly. Right. And we had a whole thing about the call times, remember? Because it's different there. It was so funny. Jenna <laughs> should be a line producer because I never looked at a call sheet. I wouldn't even pay attention. She sort of jokes that like we would get a like a note and put in our trailer and like I would get to set and I'd be like, oh my God, Access Hollywood's here. And she'd be like, Angela, there was a memo. I was like, oh, they put it on the floor. I don't, I'm going to step over that it's like every to, time. Yeah. Like, why it's good to have somebody who fights for it. you too. Yeah. Yeah. Like you are, you are very much like that. Yeah, I love she, it. You would go to the map for me. Mm -hmm. well, I was so appreciative of that. I, well, that, I guess it started at Long John Silver's. It really did. <laughs> that, I mean, that moment. Yeah. Oh, no, it started before that. I also worked you at You almost a, died. I, <laughs> I almost, I also worked at a kennel uh, when I was 15. So my parents had to drive me there and, um, it was my job to go through, they had these indoor outdoor kennel runs. So it was like a cage and then a doggy door. And then the dog could go outside to like an outdoor run and you'd let them all outside. And then you'd scrub the floors of their kennels. You give them food, water, and then some of them paid extra, not the dogs, the people paid extra for their dog to get yard time or some, sometimes they paid extra. You had to play catch with the dog, you know, for 20 minutes, you had to put a timer. So your like side hustle is like I'll play catch with your dog. Wow. <laughs> Can I? For an extra I, am, so I have like one of those tennis ball throwy things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got all the gear. You got like a little pack. So it was this crazy thing. Well, at Christmas time one year, they um, were so overbooked that they put um, planks of wood on top of the indoor runs, and then they put cages on the planks of wood. So they had three dogs. They had Shoddy. two dogs in cages, mm -hmm. and then one dog in the run. 
Well, I took one of the dogs out of the cages and I was giving it back to the person who had left it there. And they said, they asked a question to the owner and the about being in an indoor outdoor run. And I said, oh no, your dog was in a cage. And they said, what? I paid for an indoor outdoor run. And the owner said, that's right. The dog was in an indoor outdoor run. I said, no, it was not. Okay, I let you lie it. to this person. It was I not an indoor that. outdoor run. That dog was in a cage. I took that dog out of that cage That's every day and so played great. with it. Mm-hmm. I think you just came out this way, Jenna. You <laughs> came out ready to go. She was on about justice. No. I like it. Wait, so did did, did you get fired? Or? I did. Yeah, wow. I did get fired. It was fired. worth it. And that, it this is before it. you learned the word lawsuit. Dog. That was before yeah. I learned the word lawsuit. Once yeah. I got to launch then you on started Silver dropping Spen. that. Yeah. That word. I was an operator. At one eight hundred dentist. Come on. Yeah, I was. I was. Um, It's it's um. So it's some things will just stick with you forever. Like I sort of like sometimes play out really dark scenarios where like I'm dying and I'm like one eight hundred dentist. This is Angela. Do you need a checkup and cleaning today, or do you have a specific dental problem? Like it's like my last words. That'll be all I can remember. Or I'll say like, oh, our our offices comply with OSHA strict standards for occupational safety and health administration. <laughs> like that. Do I you still remember the I script. Rem- for I remember the script. And and I remember like also like. My manager was this guy. He was in a band. He probably didn't want to be a manager at 1-800-DENTIST, but they probably had good hours for his band practice. And he, like, his job was to come up and tell me when I said things wrong. So, like, he came up to me one time. Hey, Angela, about line 13. I was like, I'm never going to say line 13 like that. Like, it broke me. The job, like, broke me. Like, I went in there, like, bright-eyed and so hopeful and talking to America every day about their tooth decay and like it just it made me a different person i think and we had a guy that would call up every morning my shift was like 6 a.m to 2 because i was going to go audition in the afternoon (laughs) didn't happen but so at 6 a.m it'd be like 1-800-DENTIST this is angela and some people like pick different names like my like my friend michael he was like i forget joseph you know that was like i'm joseph (laughs) but like so i just kept my own name i don't know i think it was too much to remember but i was like 1-800-DENTIST this is angela and we had a guy that would call every morning. And if you got a man, he'd be like, fuck you. And he'd hang up. But if you got a woman, he'd be like, I like your pussy. Your oh. pussy looks I'm sorry. I don't know. Is this, this is, can you bleep that out? Um, and, he, and then he would talk to you for a long time about his love of your pussy. Oh, and God. Not only I, will we not bleep uh, it out, the title of this episode just became, I like your pussy. I like your pussy. <laughs> I like your pussy. But he, he would just go on and on. Your pussy's so beautiful. And at like oh six God. in the morning, and I remember like the first time I got him, I was like, I was sitting in like in a wing of like women that were just hilarious. And I turned to this woman, Andrea, and I, I was like, this guy is talking to me about, she was like, oh, and they called me little bit. They never got my name. They never, like, I was like, I'm Angela. And Andrea was like, no, you're a little bit of something. You're a little bit. So I turned to Andrea and I was like, this guy is talking to me about my pussy. I, I don't know what to do. She was like, little bit got the pee man. And then, then everyone was like, give him to me. Transfer him to me. I'll talk to him about my pussy. And like, it was like a feeding war to get the pee man. And that's what they called him. And then, oh and then I transferred him to Andrea and was like, I will talk to you about my pussy. Pussy is beautiful, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but she got fired. Oh, oh my god! She got fired because you talked to the pee man too much. Well, that isn't a good job either. Well, you know what? They were they tried. Like the people there really tried. Like they would bring you like a, a Sunday cart, like to make you Sundays and stuff. But then you couldn't eat it because you had calls. And they ran ads during Oprah. 
And that was like a big deal. They would like walk around like with a megaphone, like we're going live on Oprah in three, in two. And it'd all be like, and they'd be like, please, please, please. The phones oh would just explode God. after the Oprah You're commercial. Kidding. Yes, the commercial would run during you, Oprah. They'd run the commercial during Oprah and then thousands of people would. Yes. And I would be oh like, and gosh. the people would like say the craziest thing. Be like, my teeth is black. I want it out. And I'm like, <laughs> and they're like, are you on the corner of 4th and Main? I'm like, Sir, I'm actually in California. California? Why am I calling California? Well, you called a 1-800 number. Like, it was just oh, the things wow. that would, yeah. people would say. But I do think it changed me as a person. I do. Because I, I don't get, I don't let anyone sass me anymore a little bit. Like, I was super, like, people pleaser. Don't you think, Jenna? I don't know, because I didn't know you before 1-800-DENTIST. But, yeah. Oh, God, I've I, always been the worst people pleaser. I'm just now, at this late date, coming around to trying not to be. It's hard, isn't it? Oh, it I was totally so raised, hard. like, in an so environment of, like, the women were people pleasers. Yeah, it's really, really hard. Mm -hmm. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. You've, yeah. you've come a long way in the 20 years I've known you, though. Mm, it's just, oh, I wish I was better at it. Um, what crazy job did you have, Nick? I know you, I know you had a couple. I, uh, well, this is strange, but I worked as a customer service investigator for 1-800-DENTIST. No, you did not! <laughs> and they would have me call, uh, call You're in. You were the P-man? Every morning. <laughs> and see how these ladies would handle... P-man revealed. Oh, no! Um, That's why you wanted to no. call it the, the episode. And so I feel a, a little uncomfortable. Yeah. I didn't really think about that those were real people well, we I was asking those questions. We sensitive. <laughs> now that we know it was you, it doesn't seem as bad. Yeah, you seem like a nice we see, we like feel a nice like guy. it must have been coming yeah. out of some kind of pain. No, I was doing field research for a gynecologist, and they always thought I was some kind of pervert. And I was like, no, I want to know about your genitals. Like, do you have any trouble? Are you... <laughs> you weren't really saying that. You but were then... saying, I love, I love your mm -hmm. genitals. Well, that was sort of, an, that was my icebreaker. I see. <laughs> I see. You got to keep them on the phone. Yeah. You yeah, were like 1-800-gynecologist, <laughs> but outgoing calls. Yeah. But so you, you would call. Were, you were your, soliciting patients. That was yeah. your lead and You were going to say, I love your pussy. And then you thought they were going to say, well, thank you. And then you would say, are you having any trouble with yeah. it? What's would you like to talk, tell me? Do you do love you have it? Any, Thing, any complaints? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, like, do you yeah. love it too? Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of, uh, I had some... Blacktopping. Yeah, that's a good one. That's really, one. Uh, as a teenager for two summers, uh, age 16 and 17, I blacktopped driveways and parking lots mm. in the middle of Illinois. Um, in the summer? Yeah, where it was insanely hot. Yeah. Uh, youth was an important ingredient to surviving that job. And for all the guys on the crew that were older than me, Marijuana and alcohol mm -hmm. were important ingredients. Tell to the story of how you almost set yourself on. Well, you did set yourself on fire, I guess. The summer before blacktopping, I spent a summer framing houses, which means building up the stud version of a house with hammer and nails. And I was just becoming rebellious. I had a motorcycle and a leather jacket, and uh, I was beginning to try and, you know, in, in a very adolescent way, break away from my supportive, you know, but conservative family. And so I began acting out, I guess is the best way to put it. And I was a bit of a clown on this construction site 
And my bosses were two born-again Christian brothers. And so I was always being a smart ass to them about the Lord. And, uh, th and they would always tell me that I was gonna go to hell and that they were sorry about that. And so it was kind of a, a repartee that we had going on through the summer. And towards the end of the summer, uh, there was a big <laughs> pile. My, I had been tasked with gathering all the construction waste, scrap wood and shingles and whatnot into a pretty large uh, pile, maybe the size of a you know VW bus or something. And the job was collect the pile and then burn it. This is this is the uh, mid '80s, before we, you yeah before we said oh we shouldn't burn shingles yeah. uh, into our atmosphere. And so I was on the pile splashing gasoline, standing on top of it, uh, screaming, "Watch me burn, boys! I'm gonna do <laughs> I'm it! I'm going to hell!" <laughs> and um, oh, nearby, God. I already had a little leaf and like yard raked pile burning, and the fumes from the gas caught crazy from like 20 feet away. But I mean, it was pretty oh, crazy. Okay where uh, suddenly I saw the flame travel through the air. Oh my God. To the pile of gas soaked wood I was standing on. That you were standing on. And it literally, the gas can, five gallon gas can exploded <gasps> and blew me off the thing. <gasps> and I, I landed and you know, pretty much just had my eyebrows burned off and we thought it was pretty funny. Oh my gosh. And here we are. And here you are. Um, that is a story I put in the category called youth. Yeah. yeah that or, is youth. You, right? Mm -hmm. That's like stuff. Yeah. There's, I've seen on social <laughs> media, there's an account called Why Women Live Longer. And, it, and it's, stu <laughs> it's stuff like that. It's stuff like that. It's men like, <laughs> you know, fucking with something like, how, how close can I get this to exploding? Oh, the shit. Too close. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's also every like DIY home improvement show that I've ever watched where there's like a, a husband and wife team and he's just gonna cut the electrical wire and then she says, should we turn that off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we turn off yeah. the circuit or yeah. something? She, she's sort of like, I feel like I don't know exactly how electricity works, but I feel like turning it off. And he's sort of like, I don't know, it's probably fine. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> one way to find out. Yeah, I guess we'll just clip it. <laughs> it is true. I, you know, I was a, I have a daughter and I was a single mom for a while. And then um, I've remarried. My husband has two sons and I have three sisters. I've had a daughter. I don't know anything about young boys or how you raise them or anything. And the other day, you know, so many times my daughter will look at them, the boys playing something and she'll be like, mom, what, mom, mama, what are they doing? I'm like, honey, I don't know. It looks like. Josh is throwing a ball at Cade's head. I don't know, you know? And I and I said, my husband's name is Josh, and I said to him one time, he was just like, Cade would run down the hall and Josh would huck this ball at him and it would hit him and then he'd fall on the couch and they were doing it over and over. And I said, is this, does that hurt? I mean, what is the point of this game? And he said, the point is I try to hit him with the ball and then he tries to land on the couch and like but sometimes he misses the couch and like i was like Cade, he loves it he loved it we had a swing set and he loved it if one of us would be on the swing and he would pitch a ball to us and we'd kick it and he'd try to get it on his face like i was like what and, and my daughter's like why why are we why am i kicking the ball in his face i was like i don't know baby just do it yeah. he likes it yeah. boxing is a sport that people love to young boys and men love to play. 
and the sport consists of them beating the shit out of each other. Yes, that's my, the sport. That's right, yes, that's right. my husband. I'm has going a to try to beat you yeah. down until yeah. you're unconscious. I'm gonna then pun- I'll win. I'm going to punch you and in the that's face. That's the sport, yeah. and people fucking love it. They so. love it. My husband has a game he plays with his sons called Fists of Fury, and they, <laughs> they run at him with Fist everything of- they've got, and he just hits them. Like, I mean, you know, not hard. He doesn't go all out. But, and Isabel was like, I want to play. And I was like, are you sure, babe? Are you sure? And she was like, yeah. And Josh was like, okay. So, you know, his boys run at him like with two fists out. Isabel ran at him like a wild praying mantis. She was like, yeah. Like, it just was like kind of climbed him and it was like he was like oh god I don't know like what to do with this energy but like her her version of it was so crazy but you do like start to see like I, I don't know that any of my friends would have stood on a pile of wood and doused it with gasoline no, like that is like dude youth I think well bullfighting is a sport where a bull a giant mammal has been whipped into a frenzy of rage oh, and set loose on a man yeah. And people love to be that man. That's crazy. So, some well, you people. Some it, people. You, you really, you know what? <laughs> I, Megan, I think one of your superpowers is taking. I like boil it down. You boil yeah, it down. Yeah. Take Calmly. it down to the fucking essence. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pretty much anything. Well, the you distur- can bring it down. The to disturbing the thing sea. about Fists of Fury, which sounds kind of cute until you realize that his sons are 17 and 21 years oh, old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're going to kick his ass. They're going to kick his ass. And drink a good quantity of tequila before playing mm-hmm. Fists of Fury. I know. And his back, he's like throwing his back out so many times Fists now. of Fury is the funniest thing <laughs> ever. Dad, so Fists of Fury. He's like, no, no, my back. We just bought him a chair that's a zero gravity chair because his lower back hurts. And if you buy the like leather fancy one, it's like the cost of a small car. And I was like, I am not doing that. And also, it would take up our whole living room. So I bought him the lawn chair version of it. <laughs> so it's a zero gravity lawn chair that's folded up in the side of the house. Anyway, we live real fancy. Um, but he keeps busting it out every night. And like, it, it's the most ridiculous thing. But th- these, this is what's going to happen to him. He's like, mm. he's going to be in his zero gravity lawn chair. Mm-hmm. And the boys are going to be like, Dad, let's go. <laughs> Fist of Fury. Fist of Fury. Daddy's in his chair, boys. Dad's in his lawn chair. Daddy's down for the day. Mom went and buy me the real chair. (laughs) Got the lawn chair. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Megan, we haven't heard your uh, your job. Well, I was trying to circumvent this very moment because I annoyingly never had any jobs that weren't Tell us, but tell being us, an actor or a singing. Tell us about your jingle time in Chicago. Oh, it's not a rough job, though. It's not like I, you know. Yeah, I but got, I, I find yeah, it I fascinating, jingles. though. Yeah, I sang. I supported myself singing jingles in Chicago. Well, I, I was also doing theater there, but I, I sub, supplemented my theater income. Did you write the jingle? The no, jingle was written for you. I sang like real jingles. Could you of course, there were a lot. The, are you allowed jingles to sing are kind of coming back now, mm-hmm. but but for a long time, people weren't really doing many jingles. But the, I've noticed that there are a lot a lot of them now. Um, no, I mean I can't remember any of them strangely. Although I do have my demo tape and oh, I still have that. That's but awesome. I did a lot. I mean I link I mean, to that I made in the show notes. A lot everyone of money doing that. I mean not a ton of money but I, I made good money doing that and um i remember when i decided to come out here i i i was dating this guy and he wanted to come out here and i wanted to go to new york and audition for broadway shows but broadway musicals but um i decided i'd come out here with him and 
I remember telling one of the big producers that I worked with a lot, and he said, he just scoffed and said, I said, well, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'll come back and pick up where I left off. And he said, when you snooze, you lose. (laughs) (laughs) Once you're out of the jingle game, you're out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, even in the the, the pit of anger, he answered you with a jingle. But then when... He sang it actually. When I before Will and Grace, right before I auditioned for Will and Grace, I was uh, also supporting myself doing voiceovers. So not singing, but just talking. And one of the campaigns that I was on was the NBC Must See TV radio campaign that would air during drive time. So I would say, um, tonight on NBC. Catch a messy TV lineup, friends. And I would do that whole thing, like in kind of in that voice, like really perky. Mm-hmm. The Whatever the shows were, I think it was Frasier and Friends and whatever it was, just shoot me maybe. So I was Steinfeld. still doing that mm-hmm. when I was still doing that when I got Will and Grace and I was shooting the pilot, I think. And some guy who was like a NBC he was sort of in charge of that department, yelled at me about something or was on my case about something. Oh, I, I think I was supposed to do a promo for NBC, for Will and Grace, I think that's what it was. But anyway, it was some real weird, ironic thing that happened where I was actually promoing my own show, but getting in trouble for not doing it right. And I was like, I'm on that show. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy was like, what? No, you're not. And I was like, yeah, I am. Yeah, that's I'm me. on it. I'm a regular on that show, meaning I was on every episode. That's what that means. <laughs> and um, he thought I was lying. Uh, uh, yeah. So just weird crossover. But those moments are sort of sweet, like in that moment. Mm-hmm. They don't come very often. I I was an intern on Conan O'Brien, uh, and so I, you know, I started. When the out, office started? No, no. Bless your heart. Oh. Just yeah, it was just a few years ago. Um, <laughs> no, it was uh, Conan's first season, and every year, like I, at that time, every week they thought they were going to get canceled. Oh, yeah. And I went to New York to do this internship, and I was really proud of it. And I told my parents, and um, they went to turn on. I was like, okay, it's on, you know, after whatever the news, and they were like, nope, Rush Limbaugh's on here. We don't have it. Not on. Mm. And it was like it didn't exist. I was like, I promise. It's a show called The Conan O'Brien Show. Wasn't even on their TV. So it was crazy. But so I was an intern and I had a journal and I'd write in it about like my life as an intern there. And um, and then years later, I went back on as a guest and I brought my journal and I read like some of the stuff that I wrote about, like how I get really excited to stay late with the writers because they would buy me dinner. They'd get extra food and mm-hmm. I take it home because I was like so broke but just like those moments don't happen yeah. very often where you're like oh and now that's I'm a guest nice yeah, here that's amazing yeah. and I would I would just like to gently say to our listeners if you happen to be a person who would ha- turn on Rush Limbaugh before you would watch Conan just maybe reconsider your life choices <laughs> You they might, didn't even have the option of Conan. He had been pulled from the affiliate in if Texas. You're, if you're a network wow. affiliate that would air Rush Limbaugh <laughs> before Conan O'Brien, you, and you don't like <clears throat> murder and war, you maybe could do something about that. Yeah, you could do something about it. They just, were, just think about it. They were really excited when finally the affiliate picked him back up. I guess affiliates were dropping the show. And uh, 
every day we'd come to work and be like, is this today? We have to clean out our desks or whatever. But then finally, my mom called me one day and was like, Conan O'Brien's on. I was like, oh. I know. He's been on the whole time. I was a journalism minor and it was because my parents wanted me to have something to fall back on because sure. you know journalism that mm -hmm. easy It'll career yeah. yeah that that <clears throat> career that's just so simple to have a dependable paycheck yeah right mm -hmm. as opposed to acting i mean because i guess my point is that like being a journalist is really hard and it's time consuming and um you know to be respected i think and um and as a journalism minor i had to write a story for my college paper and I had to have three sources to back up my story. What was your story about? Um, I don't even remember, but I remember I could only get two sources and I really wanted to make up my third source. Just throw a quote in there. And I could have, like, that's the thing about, you. You ha there's an integrity, you mm. know, at, to journalists. And I mm. think especially, you know, it, and I, I knew it was like I wanted to, but I knew I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because it was important and it was going to be printed. And it you was... You have a very strong moral compass, too. Yeah. You do. Well, it, it is. I do. I am a rule follower. You are. That's true. And then if I think the rules are unjust, this then This is I, why you wore pantyhose for seven years. That's why I didn't even consider not wearing yeah. the pantyhose. They were put for you to wear. I'm like, I just don't wear them. Might your journalism final have been about... Uh, a certain kennel owner that's to get gaslighting his clients. I should yes. have written that's, about it because that was my my journal. You know what else I did? Here's an so odd job in the vein of journalism to get my extra points. So there was a little television station called KTVO, and it was um, it went out to Kirksville and Atumwa. So Atumwa, Iowa, and Kirksville, Missouri. And this was the television station. And I went down there as a college student, as a plucky college student. I said, what can I do for you? Do you know what they had me do? No. They had me run the cameras, two giant what? news cameras for the live news programs. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> With, uh, like 30 minutes of training. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. There was no union sure, guy. Come on in. Come on in, you I know just what you can do. Yeah. You're 18. And I was lugging these giant like, cameras. on. They're on wheels. Point this and, end at that lady talking. Yeah, and make sure you leave <laughs> enough the, room. You find her. Or for the, for the Chiron that's going to come up. <laughs> There's a little button, and if you press, you frame it up, and then you press the button, and a the red light pops up. And then while one person's talking, you have to go move the other one for the two shot. I can't believe that. It was so stressful. Oh they give God. you a little outline of where to, and the marks on the ground. That was really with 30 minutes training. I, it was in one day. This is just a testament to how capable you seem. It was mm -hmm. insane. And then I used to go out in the field with the fired. journalists and I would lug all the gear and I would film them, you know, in front of the courthouse with their live <laughs> news story. And then I would take it back. And I also was able to, speaking of journalists at that television station, like they had to write their own copy. They had to write their own stories. Mm -hmm. Like they're really involved. It's a real job. And I think my parents thought, well, you like to be on TV. Right. You could be a journalist. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, the, by the way, as if 
my desire to be an actor was because I just wanted to be on TV. Not that That's, I wanted yeah. to right. dissect characters you, you and didn't recreate things. You want to express things. yourself creatively. You just no. wanted to get on TV. I just wanted to have yeah. my face on TV. Yeah. Yeah. That's what everybody thinks about, about actors. actors. You yeah. like yeah. people looking at you. So it be, doesn't be on TV as a journalist, but yeah. as if <laughs> also that didn't involve like a whole area of interest and like writing news stories and my family's so unimpressed with Hollywood, but in a really healthy way. I just have to tell you guys, last time I was home, um, my sister is a nurse and they had filmed a commercial for the little uh, urgent care place that she works at. And um, they always say to me like, oh, guess what? We have another comedian in the family or we got another actor in the family. So I came home and they're like, hey, Hollywood guess what? Tina's on TV too. And I was like, oh yeah. And I was like, oh, and they, and my mom, we were like having lunch and she goes, it's on, it's on. We all like ran over to the TV and a helicopter goes over a building in like North Texas and about 800 people standing outside the size of like, you know, a thumbnail wave, waving, wave as the hell. And they're like, there, there's there's right there. <laughs> and, and like, but it was oh just, my God. it's so great though, because like, that is just as big a moment as anything else. Like we're all celebrated, you know, and I think that I do love that about my family. Is that, I love that. Yeah. And I'll, I'll make sure my mom um, listens to this. Just kidding. Well, so I want you guys to tell everybody the name of your podcast and where they can find it to listen to it. Thank it is you. called Office Ladies. Hey! Yeah. And you can rewatch The Office with us. We break down every single episode. We're doing it in order. Mm -hmm. It's on Earwolf. It's on Earwolf and we tell, you know, facts that are out there, but then fun stories that we remember from kind of being there can and living it. Can you tell it. that little, a quick story about Rain Wilson um, that you were uh, telling before we start recording? Well, I think one of the coolest facts that we got to share are things like during the basketball episode in season one, we shared this during the basketball. Um, there is a scene where all the guys are playing basketball and John Krasinski gets hit in the face mm -hmm. and you hear this pop and then you see his nose just start gushing blood. Oh, no. That was a real That moment. really happened. What? It really happened. He, it was an accident. Was it David Denman? David popped Denman him the face. popped him in the face. His oh. nose started gushing blood mm -hmm. and we all didn't know what to do. They just kept the cameras rolling. They were like, okay. And then my they character- They were like truly documenting yeah. the moment. And my character was like the safety officer. And I had a prop, you guys. It was a first aid kit. And when you opened Empty. it up, nothing was in it. Oh. But like, they're like, Angela, go. Like, and I, so I grab, I'm like, what am I doing? Am I, I can't, I have nothing to help John. What am I doing? And then afterwards, there was this whole debate about whether or not it was like ethical. Yeah. To, yes. Yeah. To yes. put this right. real footage of John's actual injury I guess if he on television. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he said it was okay. But I talked to Greg Daniels about it, the creator of the show recently. I, I asked him, I said, what, how did you end up deciding? And he said, well, he said, we went frame by frame and we stopped it right before the big blood gush. Yeah. Um, so oh. before it got really graphic. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then um, I was very curious because I said, was that the real sound of his nose popping? Oh, we heard it yeah. on the day. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, no, unfortunately, the mic didn't pick that up. We had to add that. We had to, but oh we, heard it. we heard we it heard on it. the day. Well, and that makes me want to go back and find and that. Watch it. <laughs> yeah. also, also, Leslie David Baker really did get kicked in the nuts. And that, that took him out for a bit. Oh, boy. Yeah, that, that really happened, happened in that episode. Yeah. Leslie David Baker used to get hurt all the time. During the Beach Games episode, he got sand 
and kicked in his face, and oh, he had to go to the hospital. His it's it's yeah, it scratched his cornea. But um, so these are these are fun. great. Things. Yeah, this, the office was if such an injury an happened, dangerous. Place we to almost work. killed Will Ferrell. Remember, we almost decapitated Will Ferrell. Oh, we'll I get to that. About this I one, I think you told me this. This is some lore. Tell these stories on our podcast. Safety issues on you mean the apocalypse? You actually brought that up. Yeah. And we all almost died in the bus episode. Oh, oh, they by accident had a tube that was putting the exhaust back in, into the bus. <gasps> oh, my God. And, and um, we were all breathing fumes and people like our camel uh, gal, by the Sarah, way, got I light, said, guys, I, this doesn't smell right. This mm -hmm. is, and everyone was like, oh, Jenna. Yeah. Oh, Jenna and her, <laughs> right, you know, right. her, her alarmist. Yeah, yeah, she's so caught up in her detail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we were everyone like, did not believe people me. People were like, I kind of have a headache. And be like, yeah, it's I feel such nauseous. such a Dunder Mifflin move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't, know, I don't know if people realize, but the people from Amazon uh, saw that basketball episode, and that was the moment they decided to cast John as Jack Ryan. That's right. <laughs> So they knew he could take we found it. our right. guy. Mm -hmm. Look he at that son a of a bitch. Yeah. He He's still playing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. He'll just do it all. For yeah. real. You can well, shoot him. Well, tune into shoulder. Office, ladies. You can hear about Thank all you. the injuries on The Office. Yeah. Well, you guys. And more. That, uh, this has been an action-packed episode of the number one uh, internationally, podcast. Globally acclaimed. Globally yeah. acclaimed podcast mm -hmm. in bed with Nick and Megan because we also have the other number one podcast <laughs> we're both number ladies. one i know it's so yeah. cool it's, it's so great cool. to be in a tie with it people is. that we enjoy so much it really yeah. is it really is it's yeah. special <laughs> it's a literal tie i mean it's exactly yeah, the exactly same, same number of downloads know. To, you know, to a man <laughs> yeah yeah. It's, it's pretty great. Well, congratulations. that way forever. Yeah. Congratulations to all of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for our uh, for coming to join us in our bed and wearing pajamas yeah. and embracing the spirit of uh, pea casting. In Bed with Nick and Megan is an Earwolf production. It's produced by Megan Mullally, Kevin Bartelt, and Michael Landry. Executive produced by Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon. Music by Nancy and Beth, which can be found at www.nancyandbeth.com. If you enjoyed In Bed with Nick and Megan, make sure to rate it and review the show on Apple Podcasts. <laughs>